Uh, welcome to the Swedish Junior Hockey pod- Podcast. Jacob Dahlin, your host here. Um, and with us today is a little bit of different. Uh, we haven't had anybody in your position before as a agent and and uh, family advisor, Nick DeLisi. So welcome to the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market. You can find us at Scandlux.com. Thank you for having me. So uh, the reason why I found you, of course, because you are extremely active on LinkedIn and, and do a great job in kind of posting and reposting a lot of success stories. And 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 I think it's great because you're highlighting uh, not just your players, but other players that are succeeding on a platform that a lot of people see. So um, that's the reason why I... I I, I contacted you and said, Hey, I want you on the podcast. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's the whole point of LinkedIn, right? Is to network and kind of promote, you know, your image, especially in the real world and people looking for jobs too. And I kind of wanted to utilize that for players and my players specifically, but even other players, right? Like there's tons of NHL scouts and USHL North American league and NCAA coaches on that website. So for me, it's like, Hey, if I can help promote my guys and, you know, give them the advantage again, it's, you know, being, and proactive and getting them out there on another platform that people evidently use, I think it's only an advantage um, for the kids. And I've had teams reach out about guys and end of the day, um, it's all about promoting my players to the next level. Yeah. So before we get into the uh, talking about, because I want to get into the, to, to I think it'd be really, really helpful to hear it from the horse's mouth about what does it mean to be a, a, a player's agent and what does it mean to be a family advisor? And I think that you can share some some great uh, uh, advice to as an advisor, but also just to the general public. And 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 especially since you've got a lot of experience with European players, I thought that that's kind of a, a cool angle to kind of talk about as well. But let's start because I know uh, you played some juniors. You played AAA prep school over here, and 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 then you ended up. Uh, Taking the leap, yeah. Division two, fourth division in Sweden in Strömsund. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you end up yeah. there? So, um, actually, funny story. Um, I originally went to Sweden to play on a division three team near Javle. Um, long story short, the team wound up not happening. Um, a good friend of mine actually was playing in Strömsund, um, but it's crazy because no sooner th- that I got there he wound up going to hockey a ton. So it was kind of a, Hey, how's it going? See him for like two days. And then he left to go play for um, Van- Venice. Um, okay. But uh, that's kind of how I ended up there. I said, Hey, our team's folding. Um, do you guys need some players? And he was like, yeah, we played last game with two lines of forward. So I would assume we need guys. And I'm like, okay, I could be on the next train. And um, it was quite the train ride. Um, but so, uh, so I saw, saw Sweden from the train tracks, and uh, <laughs> there I was in Ostersunds, and I believe it was about an hour in the car to Stromsund, and uh, there I was. And it was end of o- October, and it was already winter and snow. So that was something new. But it's not like – it's not super far up north, but it is, an, it is further up north, and it's one of these – you know, a lot of the the cities up north are, or towns are mainly there because they are either a coastal – city mm-hmm. uh they are a uh mining town or something and strum sun what i think about i i don't know if i've been there i grew up in sweden but 
and it's one of these that it's right off the E45. So it's 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 more of one of these traveling through towns. Yeah, there's I remember there's one road in, one road out. Um it's funny you say mining town. One of my good buddies played in Kiruna. Yeah, Kiruna. And, uh, yeah, he said it was an experience of a lifetime. Like he'll never have an experience like that again. Just like the city and the mines and the guys working, you know, eight hour shifts at the mine and coming to play hockey at night. So uh, I thought that was crazy, but I guess yeah. guys do it. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, division two, of course you have SHL, Allsvenskan, Hockey Etan, which is division one. And division two is, is a little bit of a mixed league where you got some older guys and you got some, a lot of junior players play division two. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes uh, as, as a, you know, for for the middle middle size organizations that um, uh, and 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 uh, fun fun league to play in um, and and so on. But then, so how? And then, so you did uh, you you played there, and then you ended up in Czech Republic, or now called Czech yeah Czechia. Yeah. So I the summer the summer before I went to Sweden, um, my best friend from prep school, we were roommates. Um, invited me to Czech Republic and I um, was there just with them all summer and um, I got to skate with one of the teams in the Czech league and I was like this is pretty cool and and I went to go watch a game and for a third league and you get all these fans I thought it was awesome but um, before me there was only two other Americans in the league Um, and again with these organizations it's about finances so it's more so like it'd be cool to have an American but we can't afford it Um, (laughs) So I always had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to go back and play in Czech Republic and um, after Sweden. So I only stood there for a bit because of immigrations and visas and all that. I went home and um, I met a guy over the summer that was actually a goalie coach for one of the teams in that league. And I said, hey, like, I'm interested in playing in Czech. Um, Like, you know, do you think you could talk to the coach or the GM if they'd be interested? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. So he spoke with them and they invited me for a tryout. this is my whole this is when the whole european adventure started so i flew to i flew to prague and the team manager picked me up team called hc tabor which is actually now it's one of the best teams in the league and they're trying to promote but anyways picked me up didn't speak a word of english um and then this girl came running out of nowhere and said oh my god like i'm sorry um um gm's daughter introduced herself started speaking english i was like okay cool like someone's speaking english um Took a took a van, like a white van, back to Tabor, dropped my stuff off at the rink, and he's like, hotel's right there, as in like right on top of the rink. So I was like, okay, this is at least convenient, so I don't have to be walking everywhere. Um, he's like, okay, food's down the street at the restaurant. Uh, GM also owned the restaurant, so I didn't have to pay for food during that week. So I spent the week there. I tried out for the team. It was pretty cool. It went well. Um, but it was funny because I was like, why would they fly me, like have me come out here for a tryout? And then go, yeah, like we don't have the finances to do this, but like, thanks for coming. So I was like, all right, like whatever. It's just part of the part of the journey in the end. Um, and then, yeah, from there I went to another team. Um, I skated with them in the summer because I spent the next summer back in Czech. Um, and it went well. I liked it, like good organization, good people. Um, I just didn't feel like it was the right shit. Um, it was like, not to say like I was weird being the only American, but the guys weren't so welcoming in a sense. So I was like, look, I don't mind playing here, but like, it was, it was just real awkward for me. Um, yeah. And so, how, how uh, old were you then? 
19, 20. Yeah. I think I was 20. I don't know. I think I was 20 turning 21 that summer. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a cool age in terms of like, you, 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 you don't, cause I, I came over here as in, to the U S when I was 18 and you have no fear, you have no, you got, it's like the racehorses with the, with the blinders on the side and you're just going. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the, that's the Czech league. And I'll tell you this too, like the Czech three league, there's no imports in that league. So I went over there, tried out for a team, didn't work out, went to another team. I just didn't think it was the right fit. And I would call and text and everybody in every organization because no one really spoke English. And my friend is Czech, so he would help. And it was like, hey, I'm here. I'll come try out. Like, I want to play. And some teams were like, yes, no. Like, why would we do this? Like, I had one one team was like, you know, we're looking for players, but we don't just want a tourist with a pair of skates. And I thought that was hysterical. Um <laughs> Like I'm, I'm no, I'm no Wayne Gretzky or Connor McDavid, but like, you know, I was like, Hey, all I want to do is come out to a couple of practices. And if you guys want me great, if not, I'll go my own way. Um, so that was, that was a challenge. So actually, again, goes back to the hockey camps. I met a guy there who was friends with the coach and the team wasn't doing so hot. So I was like, Hey, I'll be on the next flight to Prague. I want to play. I want to do this. And he was just like, yeah, just, just come to practice on, Tuesday at this time. So I was like, all right, like I'll be there. Um, so I showed up and said, Hey, I'm here. He's like, okay. Like we'll see how the week goes. And, uh, luckily after that, he's like, we need players. If you want, you can stay. Um, but you have to live in the hotel. Um, the hotel was awful. No heat in the middle of winter, like just absolute disaster. But I was like, all right, I want to play. I want to do this. It'll be an experience. It'll be a cool story. So I studied out. I played there in PSEC, nice little town. Um, I was actually there with one other American kid. And it was cool because he was half Czech. So he also spoke Czech. Um, so I had a nice buddy there and he helped me around. Um, we had a good time together considering we were kind of in the same situation, like we're the outsiders. And um, it was just from there. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a little bit cu I'm curious about something because so if I pull it up on elite prospects, they have 36 players on that roster. Yeah. Did they just oh, yeah. cycle through that many? So how how it works how it works in Czech league is you have players that play for the team, and then you have guys that are loaned in from G the DHL junior league, um, or guys from second league or even extra league for that matter. So at the time in PSEC, um, there was the big team nearby was Cheska Budovica. Um, I think at the time they were playing Czech too, um, but it was them, and then they had like um. There was a like David series, Cheska Budovica. They had some players they would loan there, and then they would loan players to PSEC or Tabor. Um, now, David series doesn't exist. So it's just like Motor, Cheska Budovica, Tabor, and PSEC. So if the guys aren't playing in the extra league or they're loaned out to other teams and they want to keep them in that area, they loan them out to one of those two teams. But I think to a lot of people's surprise, the Czech three league is pretty good hockey. Like I was, I was surprised too. Um, wow. at some of the players that were in that league. And um, again, it's just, there's not much funding, but Czechs love their hockey fans go there on a Friday, Saturday night and get absolutely hammered in the stands, but they're cheering for their team. And um, yeah, it was a great experience. I I'll never forget that. And um, yeah, I mean, from there, I definitely learned a lot, but from there I was able to open up some other opportunities for myself. Yeah. All right. So let's switch into, cause I think, I mean, you're a pretty young guy for being, you know, have been in it for a little while, right? When it comes to yeah. being an advisor as an agent, I mean, I'm sure that most of the people that are your contemporaries are much older. 
Oh yeah. Do yeah. you see do you see that as an advantage now or a disadvantage? Uh I definitely see it as an advantage. I mean, I think for me personally, um I know the game. I have a good understanding of the game. I think it's one thing to be an agent and advisor and represent players, but I also think it's another thing to really understand the game and player development, right? Like, you know, every kid has their own path just because, you know, this kid from this country came over and played in this league and got committed. Doesn't mean that kid from that country that wants to come over and do the same thing is going to get committed. Everyone has their own path, like I said, and everyone develops differently. And it's really about finding the right kids and really honing in on what they have to work on and their strengths and weaknesses and really helping them, you know, improve their weaknesses and capitalizing on their strengths. And the, at the end of the day, I've seen it too. Like a lot of advisors are just going to funnel kids to teams and have hey, this kid will come, this kid will come. It's like, hey, like there's a right team for everybody just because, you know, that team, you know, had a lot of commitments doesn't mean it's the right team for, you know, one of my guys, right? Like I always go by, it's go where you're appreciated, not tolerated, but also, you know, like it goes back to going where you're wanted. Um, yeah. Like go where they so, want you and go where the best opportunity is. When you got into this, or let's talk about that for a second. Did this, was this something part of the plan the whole time or did you just kind of stumble into to to you mentioned? Uh, more, yeah. Yeah, more so stumbled into it. So I was helping a couple of friends of mine go play like Division Three in Sweden and like the Federal Hockey League and Turkey, like the Turkish League. So I would have never thought um, this would all happen, but um, I don't even call it a job. I absolutely love it. I love working with men and women and um, helping them on their journey. And like I said, everyone has their own path. And um, it's had a lot of success stories early on and um, just want to keep kind of, you know, going to that momentum and um, again, the women's hockey side has taken off for me, but yeah. I don't think a lot of the men's players realize that if it wasn't for the women's hockey, the men's wouldn't be as successful because especially in Europe too, these organizations have men's team and um, you have some good players in the women's team. They're curious of where they're coming from and say, Hey, I have just as good men's players as the women's players. So here you go. Like, let's, let's do this. Awesome. All right. So, uh, and the company, your company now is so, so, one is the agency side, one's the advisor side. Let's yes. So 93 Hockey Services is your agency, right? Yes. Yeah, so 93 Hockey Services has been around since 2016. So I was still playing. Um, myself, my partner, Cody Jansen, Dylan Wallace, and Jess Eckert, um, we're all doing it together. Jess and I do the women's hockey. Cody and Dylan and I do the men's professional hockey. Um, our goal the whole time was just to give players the opportunity to play at the next level, but travel the world, right? Like I think in 10 years from now, all these players aren't going to be telling their buddies they played in the German third league or, you know, the France top league. They're going to say, Hey, I played hockey over in France and I got the, you know, go ski in the French Alps for a weekend or, Hey, I got to go to Austria and, you know, party for a weekend or went to Oktoberfest in Germany, right? Like it's about the experiences and we're yeah. big on that and providing the experiences. Everybody wants to be a pro athlete and make the big money. But end of the day with a lot of these guys that go to Europe, they need to realize it's about the experience. The hockey is just like the icing on the cake. So are you, are most of the folks that you deal with, which, which, cause I know that you've had a lot of European players come over here that mm -hmm. primarily juniors, right? Yeah. But, but what, what, what's the, uh, where's the flow going uh, East or West or, or, or both? Uh, I mean, players are coming in and out. Um, I think we created a nice pipeline of talent. 
And I think that's unique to what we do. We have kids from when they're really young. Like I think our youngest kid is 2008 all the way to, you know, guys are playing pro hockey. And for me, it's about the development process, right? Like over time, seeing how kids develop and, you know, mentoring them on their journey. That's kind of what, what we wanted to create is like, especially on the girls side too, we have some very young girls. Um, a good example is Mikela Hesova. She's the Czech U18 goalie. She's going to Dartmouth College Division One, But again, she's very young and it's, hey, now she's playing prep school hockey at BK Selects in a, you know, two years she'll be at Dartmouth. And then after that, you know, she'll be playing professional hockey. Yeah. Um, so again, it's just about helping them on their journey and representing their best interest. So what's the difference then? Uh, Cause not a lot of people know the difference between being an agent and an advisor. So an advisor is more so like a consultant, right? Like, we're helping the players with the junior hockey, the NCA. We're kind of helping navigate them, marketing them to junior teams and NCA teams. Um, what people need to realize is you can't have an agent in the NCA. The NCA is again, you're dealing with pro hockey if you have an agent. NCA wants to preserve amateur status, which I understand. That's the point of the league. It's an amateur league. The best amateur players are playing in it. So, you know, guys do have agents, but they don't um a lot yeah. of times, like a lot of bigger agencies, they have their agents, they have advisors. Okay, you'll work with this guy once he's done college, you know, we'll help him, you know, what his NHL career, his pro career. Um, so so but, do you, you know, find, for us, do you find a lot of players that have unfortunately burned their amateur status uh, and, and they come to you and they, they want to go and play college and then the, because of they signed a deal somewhere, they they can't? Uh, no, I haven't really ran into that. I think nowadays, if you look at a lot of men's hockey rosters, there's actually a lot of the European kids or most of them have played like one or like a few games in some top European leagues. Essentially, um, it's case by case. It's not like, Hey, you play two games. You're okay. It's case by case for everybody. Um, a good example was there was a player from the Czech Republic that went over to play Division One hockey. He spent a year in the North American League, but he's played a couple of games in the Czech Extraliga. Reason being is the Czech Extraliga team the night before went out for a dinner and the guys got food poisoning and it was too late to cancel the game. So they played the juniors. So the NCAA was like, can you explain these games? And he's like, yes story was and there's articles and everything so he's like we had to play like there was no forfeiting the game at that point so they're like okay like we understand the the club you know confirmed he wasn't paid or gotten anything for those games so he was okay um, but there are some players that have come over and have gotten like a penalty so let's say they played five games in the Swedish hockey league for example they're gonna have to sit out the first five NCA games there's one player this year I believe from Finland handful he had to sit out half the year but but it's pretty like then I don't want to deal with it okay played a couple times in pro hockey that's for the amateurs like the guys playing most of these kids sit on the bench but they look at it from a standpoint of it's in it I'm not sure I'm not sure if your uh headphones are cutting out it was um it was, or if it's the internet, can you, can you hear me? It's, it's really in and out. Uh, one second. Let me... 
it could be i wonder if it's your earphones Can you hear me? Yep. Now I got you now. Yeah, it must. Sometimes it happens where the. the I cannot hear you. I can't hear you now. No. You can't hear me. You're. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can't hear you. So you probably your speakers. See if your speakers are I, off. One second. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, perfect. Yeah, right. I can hear you. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> that part out. I've I've uh, I've had the same thing happen all the time. So yeah. um, all right. So we'll cut that. We'll cut that. Yeah. Um so uh yeah, I think that the big deal went when you're dealing with advisors in in Europe, how does it work with you got some players are playing J18. So take Sweden as an example. They play J18, they play J20, and then they may get a cup of coffee with with a Division II team. That doesn't necessarily – they're not no, getting – No, at all. no. Division II is considered amateur. And even like hockey a ton for a lot of cases, they don't consider professional. It's more so – I think everyone can agree it's more so semi-pro. Yeah. Um, I think once the kids start playing games in the All-Svenskan or the SHL, again, I think once it gets to the SHL – it starts to be a problem, but again, it's case by case. And it really depends on the person on the computer that day at the NCA. Yeah. They could say absolutely nothing about it. Or they can say, what's this, what's this league? Um, or you could do like I did. I came over uh, when I was going to college, I was, I was going to be a place kicker in, in, in uh, football to play football. And this little minor detail about NCAA clearinghouse, I, yeah. I, I didn't do. Yeah. So, yeah. That that that's not a good advice either. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's case by case, and um, I mean, a lot of players have come over and have been fine. Um, yeah, I've I've never heard of a kid saying they can't play college hockey. Like I've known kids that they, they might have to sit out a year. Um, yeah, of course. Um, I think the rules changed with COVID. Yeah. So it, the the kids are coming over from Europe. What's your um? Because I I looked at elite prospects and I and I. And it's not a ton of European players to play in the USHL or the NAL. Yeah. And I, I I looked at the numbers here. There's so in the USHL, there's actually there's there's 15 Slovaks, 11 Swedes, seven from Latvia, six from Russia, five from Finland, and three from Czechia. Yeah. It's not a ton, right? Mm -hmm. So um, with the USHL and the North American League, there's an import rule. Yeah. So USHL. It's four Europeans plus two Canadians where they can just have all Canadians, like in terms of imports, like, you know, six. Yeah. Um, or in the North American league, it's just four imports. So four Canadians, four Europeans, two Canadians, two Europeans, however the teams want to do it. Um, I will say it's tough for the European kids, especially, especially when it comes time to like trades and the draft and tenders. Cause you know, teams want to, you know, they don't want to over recruit the imports, but some teams are more in it to win it. So they're like, Hey, you know, we can have four, but let's take seven or six and the best four will make the team, um, which I get at those levels. It's a business, but also, you know, it's about transparency. These kids are making an investment to come over. A lot of them too are saying, Hey, I'm leaving my team from home. 
once I leave, I can't go back. So how do how do you think just anecdotally, because you've you've dealt with a lot of these players, how prepared are they hockey-wise at the all right, let's let's not focus on USHL. I mean USHL is USHL, but let's talk about NAL or NCDC in the US. Yeah. Uh, how many of those are, are they surprised how good those leagues are? Absolutely. Um I think kids don't realize how good the leagues are in North America, like top European players. Everyone wants to play in the USHL, but once they get to the USHL, they're like, okay, this is, this is legit. This is a lot better in the league at home, but even the North American league, again, it's different, right? Like it's different hockey, smaller ranks. Um, and again, you're playing in Europe. There's exposure to pro teams Colleges do watch the European leagues. Like I've had a kid this year playing in Kiko Espo. He's committed division one. They've recruited him out of the Finnish league. But when you play in the North American league or the USHL or the NCDC, you're getting exposure by colleges. So it's different. Pro teams aren't watching the U S junior leagues, obviously NHL scouts. That's a different thing. Um, yeah. But again, it's two different things, but the leagues itself, I think a lot of kids are surprised at how good they are. And I mean, for kids too, like top players from Europe, it's either you're coming over here and you're lights out or you just you just can't fit in. Uh, what what's sure. the what's the biggest thing? I mean, is it the 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 rinks and the and the speed and the physicality? Is that the thing that is the the difference or I think I think for sure the size of the rink, I think players don't have much time at the puck. Um they have to make a play or they're getting they're getting hit kind of thing. Um I think, you know, the North American League every year is getting better and better. Um and like I said, I think a lot of these top end European kids, they come over here, think they're going to tow dragons to candle to everybody, but that's not the case. Like, you know, teams play good, good systems and it's tough for these kids. They got to adapt and just like teams don't care how good they are in Europe. You know, they'll draft them, they'll bring them over, but it's what matters is what you do here. If you can help their team win, you'll stick around. If not, then you're out the door. Again, the import rule is tough and teams want to win. That's the, yeah. that's, that's the thing in the end of the day. What what about uh so what about the issue of um off the ice? How much of a difference is it? You mentioned kind of how it was for you go from US to to Czech Republic yeah. and getting to fit in. How hard is it for them to fit in with the culture and primarily? I mean, I had um oh uh Finnish guy on early on and when we started this podcast and he was he was kind of taken aback when it took two weeks off during christmas and and the um he's with cedar rapids in the ushl and the and he was like uh his parents lived in norfolk and and they're like hey you left your gear here and he was like no i'm in finland we take two weeks off and they're like your ass better better find a rink over there yeah. but no i mean the kids i mean i can speak for the kids i work with um, they haven't had much trouble. I mean, I think the biggest thing is just being, you know, open-minded and kids coming over here and wanting to, you know, immense themselves into the culture, make friends, you know, speak to your teammates, speak to coaches, interact with your billet family. And I think the billet families really help with this. I think the kids being in that home environment and having, you know, people that they can talk to about different things, you know, whether they have siblings or not. I think really helps these European kids too. And again, I think there's a lot of good coaches in the North American league and the NCDC that do a good job with working with the Europeans, not just like, Hey, you know, you're here for a week, you know, you didn't do great. See ya. It's like, Hey, you know, you got to give these kids time. 
That's the biggest thing. They made the investment in coming over here. Everything's going to take time, but off the ice, like I haven't had any issues. I mean, kids are, you know, they're in the community and I think teams do a good job at volunteer opportunities. And again, it's just about, you know, bringing in good kids and good character kids that want to be there. And I think that's the first step of, you know, championship teams. What about the, what about the visa status? I know that going to Sweden now, it's really, really tough for you as players. You you almost can't do it unless you're playing professionally. How does it work for the European players from the, okay, I understand the import rules, but uh, if I want to come over here, how does it work with a visa and I want to play an entire season? Yeah. So, Pretty much for all European players and even like Russian and Belarusian players, you need to get it's a B1, B2 visa, um, non-immigrant visa. It's pretty simple to get. Um, you fill out the application online. Uh, the team will write you an invitation letter saying, hey, our organization invites so-and-so to play for us from this date to this date. Um, we play in this league and this, this and that. He lives at this address. Any questions, contact us. That's it. Real simple. And and that's for the duration of the, of the season, right? Yes. So um, what I learned is players from Russia and Belarus, they give them the visa for that specific time frame. But I've had some European kids get these B1, B2 visas for 10 years. Now, with that being said, when you fly into the U.S. and the immigration officer stamps your passport, it's like, okay, you can be here for six months. So, okay, your visa is good for 10 years. Once that six months is up, you got to leave the country and come back. And that'll essentially reset the visa. Um, but I like I haven't had any trouble. The visa, like I said, is pretty simple to get. Um, but, you know, it's part of the process of coming over here. Because ESTA, you can only be here, I believe, for 90 days. Um, and obviously you're going to fly out, wait 90 days to fly back in kind of thing. So have you, have you had to deal with that now um, with, uh, you know, the second, third episode we recorded was Ian Gately who had the, who got, you know, he was playing in Sweden, but you know, he ended up, you know, he's not, he wasn't working. He got housing, you know, played in division three and fall shipping. And then he got basically blacklisted and couldn't get in. To Sweden because of the new rules. How much yeah. have you dealt with that in Sweden? Um, with the players that I've sent to Sweden, luckily, like they've played hockey a ton, so they were able to get the athletes' visas. Now the players I've had playing in Division Two and the few I had playing Division Three, um, this was before all this started. So for them, it was pretty easy to get a visa. Yeah, over three months. Go to the immigration office. I need three more months. Okay, you can stay. Yeah. Um, but now, if I understand the rules, you need a legitimate visa before they process the transfer card, which I which I understand. Um, but again, some teams at you know before all this were like, just come over here for a tryout. If it works out, we'll get you a visa. Now it's like, hey, you got to make the decision. You either want the player or you don't want the player. Yeah, and you may have to now provide proof of compensation. Yeah. Be, otherwise, they want to be like get- you make you make the minimum threshold salary, and they want documents from the team, which I understand. Just just the reality of the world we live in now. But um, I even I think it's crazy all that to play. You know, division one, division two, division three hockey. Like you're out of like they're out of their mind. But rules are rules. It's even worse for people coming to the U.S. at the end of the day. Yeah, I I I think it's it's great that you're talking about it because I think that there's unfortunately in this business I think that there's a lot of people that are taking your money, and then they're shipping you over there and they say oh yeah it'll work itself out and then they're like yeah sorry, 
I don't know how many people I've talked to. They're like, yeah, I had a bad experience. You yeah. know, when I was in, when I was in Sweden, that was, that was actually the case. Like I didn't know, I didn't know anything about it, but I went over there. Um, I didn't have an agent. I just reached out to a bunch of teams and someone told me I can come. So I was like, why not? Like, let's do it. Um, and I was, I was originally set to play division three college hockey. Long story short, there was a coaching change. So um, I said, all right, like, I want to do this. The time is now let's do it. Um, but you know, like I said, I went over there, I applied for the visa when I was there. Um, and I got a letter in the mail saying, Hey, like, you know, your application was denied and, um, you know, you can appeal it. And I was thinking like, Hey, if I appeal it, I'll get to finish out the season. But at that point it was like, I'm not going to win the appeal. No, <laughs> they've already made their mind. Like I asked for another, but the thing is the, it's the wait time to get the visa. Like you apply for the visa in October. They don't give you a decision till February. <laughs> so it's like, Hey, I asked for six months back in October. Now I don't need six months, but you just made the decision. You're going to deny it. So yeah. uh, it's a little what bit. About, have you ever dealt with it with this, where you go over and I don't know if it's different in, in European cities for, for the younger, for the juniors, where yeah. they still are in gymnasium or in, in the thing, same thing in Finland, but that, that they go over as a student rather than. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, yeah. So getting a student visa is a lot easier. Um, Even in, in Sweden. Um, yes. Cause again, you go to the school, they'll issue your paperwork that you're a student in the U S they'll issue you an I 20. Um, you go to the embassy, you get an F one visa. Yeah. I don't want to say it's a guarantee that you get the visa, but it almost is like, yeah, you, you have a reason to be here. So, so a word of advice, if you want to go play somewhere, if you're a European and want to come over here, be a yeah. good student helps. Absolutely. Cause then you open the doors to play college hockey and then all those doors open. But even then like playing junior hockey, the B1, B2 visa, they'll get it. But again, um, you get it for a certain amount of time and you can get the B1, B2 for a variety of different things. I mean, it's just like a non it's like a non-cultural just like long stay tourist visa people get it for a hundred different reasons yeah all right nick it's been great um we're gonna wrap it up and i i appreciate just kind of having this kind of conversation um with um uh, oh my computer was glitching here uh just having this conversation about you know what does it mean to be an advisor versus an agent and and the relationship uh you may not be 45 years old but uh, you may not ended up gone to that D3 school, yeah. but you got the experience of being a traveling uh, hockey player and can can empathize and and connect with the player. So it's it's fun to see. So yeah, no, I mean I appreciate you having me. And um, end of the La day, yeah, yeah. La last thing, what's the what's if somebody wants to reach you, what's the best way to reach you? Um, pretty obviously, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn there, but um, my email or you know my my cell. I mean. I know a lot of people like the cell number is kind of a private thing, but I wake up the messages from numbers that I don't even know. They just have my number and it's like, okay, great. Um, awesome. Yeah. I mean, LinkedIn would be the best way to start. All right. And, and how do you, you know, so how do you spell your last name is D I L I S I, right? Yes. So it's a, you know, I butcher names all the time, but, um, but if you'd go to LinkedIn, um, connect there and look at, uh, Nick Delisi. So I appreciate you coming on and uh, stay in touch, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye.